This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur News Laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. I'm going to be your host for this week because Abhinandan is in Mumbai. He has some work. I can hear you go, "Oh, no, boo." But you'll have to bear with me for this week. He'll be back next week and he shall be your regular host of Hafta now for a very long time. We'll tell him not to take any breaks. So welcome to Hafta. We have had a very action-packed news week. Uh, lots of stuff happening and we have some special guests who are going to be with us discussing the events of the week. Of course, we have with us Raman sir, editor-in-chief in the studio. Welcome Hi. Raman sir. Hi. Jayashree, who's joining us from Chennai after a while. Even you were a bit unwell, right? I was on leave for you a day. So, okay. But yeah, I had flu last week. But it was yeah, okay. Abhinandan told me I had flu, but you're in yeah, Chennai. Yeah. So welcome. And we have with us Nirupama Subramanian, who's... Now I would first like to introduce you as a columnist with News Laundry. Before I add other things, she writes this amazing foreign policy column for us fortnightly. You have to check it out. No red lines. She's been with the Indian Express as national editor, strategic affairs. She writes on Indian foreign policy, like I said, national security issues. She's been a journalist for about three decades, worked with Times of India, Hindu, Sunday Observer and India Today. And so we have you on board because Pakistan elections are going on as we speak. And there's been some bomb going off yes. in northwestern Pakistan. There's been a shootout. There's been suspension of mobile and internet services, I think. That's quite um unprecedented i should i would say really yeah that is and that's that comes on top of everything else mm. because i think what that means is they don't want uh, party workers contacting uh people on the ground or people on the ground contacting uh, uh their parties telling them about what's going on or even getting people to come out and vote mm. i think a high turnout uh in this election bothers uh the powers that be in pakistan they don't want a high turnout we will yeah. discuss that in great detail going ahead but before that let's get the headlines of the week from jayshree yes so here are the headlines of the week uh number 1 is news laundry turn 12 so congratulations to everyone oh, next happy is birthday. yes In Ladakh a complete shutdown was observed on Saturday as thousands gathered in late to demand constitutional safeguards protection of cultural identity and statehood for the union territory. So what is this can you give us a little little more detail on this because it was massive in the pictures that we saw on social media but quite blacked out from mainstream media reporting. So basically what happened is in 2019 with the abrogation of article 370 Ladakh lost special privileges power and at the time i think it was celebrated to an extent because until then its decisions were always subject to clearance from the jammu and kashmir government so it always felt sidelined but now after the uh, abrogation it still doesn't have an elected legislature the center meanwhile i think has sort of pushed forward a number of development projects so taking over a lot of land mm-hmm. and also the major demand that they have is that they want to be included in the sixth schedule under the sixth schedule they can make their own laws on forests land uh forest management and so on and ladakh would qualify because i think over 95% of its population is tribal yeah so the bjp promised to implement this after it came to power in the ladakh autonomous hill development council election but then it didn't one of the activists was telling that uh, their adult population which runs into lakhs uh nearly one third of them were on the road hmm. to protest wow. he said it was so massive 
Hmm. Yeah, he said he himself is in uh, favor of it, and he has been pointing this out, you know, through uh, uh, other means. But he was very surprised to see so many people on the road. And remarkable so, how it's been completely blacked out, at hmm. least in television news. We have not heard or seen anything about it. So, uh, Nirupama, let's begin with the Pakistan elections. Uh, three major parties are contending: the Pakistan Muslim League. Uh, the Pakistan Tehreek e Insaf and Pakistan People's Party and your piece that you written for News Laundry uh, basically said that it's quite likely that Nawaz Sharif is going to be the fourth time prime minister. So, a why is it unprecedented, like you said, that uh, snapping up of mobile connectivity, internet services is this very unusual for a Pakistan election? And um, what would a Nawaz Sharif mean for India? So I think this whole thing about, uh, as I was saying, um, cutting off internet and um, uh, you know uh, basically all telecommunication, uh, phones and stuff, is basically geared towards uh, preventing a high turn turnout, because it was being said that a high if a lot of people turned out it was more likely that they would be pti supporters and so pti supporters. you have to remember that pti is not standing as a party uh, mm. it lost its election symbol uh, of course imran khan is in jail and uh, all its uh, candidates have been forced to stand as independents they are standing on random sort of mm. uh, symbols so there's there was a there was a lot of preparation on the ground voters go we are going to bring them out and you know make them vote and there was in in fact can I ask you about a conspiracy theory though uh, like you know yeah. how the prox I mean the proximate culprit is culprit is the army but you know people always claim, claim American involvement you know and they sort of dismissed as crank see Munir was in America and he had a very good visit uh Asim Munir the army chief he had a very uh Good visit there. He was there for uh, a longish period, ten days or so. He met everybody, and uh, so yes, they the Americans are very much uh, interested in Pakistan again. I mean, there was this feeling after Afghanistan, after they exited Afghanistan, that Pakistan doesn't matter to them. But no, I think they don't want uh, Pakistan to fall into Chinese hands. They don't want Afghanistan yeah. to fall into Chinese hands. So they want Pakistan. Also, uh, working in Afghanistan. So, coming to Nawaz, he's the only. I mean, I think the last time Modi went to Pakistan was to meet him, which was yeah, twenty fifteen, end of twenty fifteen. Much was made out of it. It was supposed to be an unscheduled stop, uh, you know, for Modi to meet his dear friend Nawaz. I don't know how good friends they are, but if he's back, does this mean a thaw in very icy? relationships be between Pakistan and India? I mean, there could be because Nawaz Sharif has been a very strong uh, proponent of uh, good friendly ties with India. Hmm. And you can see that the army has also been um, lately, like from 2021, talking this language of uh, geoeconomics. You know, we should not focus on geostrategy, but geoeconomics. And, you know, we uh, extend our hand to uh, our hand of friendship to all sides, which meant also on the to their east, which yeah. is us, which is India. 
so there were all this uh, there were all these things coming out now pakistan has had an economic meltdown very similar to that of uh, sri lanka in yeah. fact it it mirrors uh, sri lanka a lot in that respect and uh, there is there is a feeling that somebody has to bell this cat of let's do trade with india who who's going to say that i want both your views as people in chennai uh very much in tune with southern politics this whole thing about the congress uh, party marching up in delhi saying that there's been you know we are being cheated off our legitimate right i think the fundamental problem is this that it is unavoidable that rich states will subsidize poorer states to some extent but what has worked in the disfavor of states like karnataka is that so much of this revenue aspect has been centralized especially with gst so mm. states have much less revenue flexibility than before which puts them at the mercy of the union government so allocations are entirely in the hands of the bjp government and i mean knowing them they're looking at which bjp state should get which money and yeah. of course the bjp state is usually the poorer state but that's how it works yeah. that is my so much evident i mean if you look at the governor's attitude yeah it and and if uh, i don't think we've ever had such governors there were floods in chennai i don't know i i think the state claims that they haven't got anything mm. uh, from the center so anas is here with us in case you're wondering who that is that is anas tanveer he's advocate on record for the supreme court of india founder director of the indian civil liberties union we have an on board to discuss ucc uttarakhand's endeavor at proposing a common law which is actually not a common law but we'll get into that firstly i was wondering and we were discussing this at the start of the show can this even pass the test i mean shouldn't this be appealed shouldn't someone go to the supreme court because a it's not common because there are lots of exemptions tribals are exempted out of this the hindu undivided family act remains because it's central lgbtq community is not uh, going to be uh, included in this look it will be challenged it will definitely be challenged but i'm not a votery Uh, of a wholesale challenge hmm. you will have to i mean there should not be a public interest litigation for this because what happens often time it is a half baked half cooked petition that are filed for the court mostly to uh, stop uh, proper petitioners coming to the court i'm glad that you did not start with that it is a historic this is great mahan and all that because every other journalist and anchor is doing that उत्तराखंड but uh, there are so many things that we had laughed off you know at the state level but they are you know taking a national shape uh, gradually because i i saw that in ucc uh, when the when the state government passed it yesterday uh, hema malini in parliament was giving uh, you know uh, her views on this that my government has done a very to- good thing <laughs> for women So, so, and the irony that she was able to marry her husband exactly. because they converted. Yeah, and so. and and then I think there will be people who will see it as um as a way to impose um rules and restrictions against a certain community, and there will be other communities that will see it as something that attacks them. So I don't think at all that there is uh that this is a stage in our uh, national uh, journey. 
that we can bring in uh, UCC. And also UCC cannot be just brought in. It has to be discussed because it affects the personal lives of so many people. It can't be uh, just dreamt up one day and then, uh, uh, you know, just slapped on people uh, the next day just because you have a brute majority in, in parliament. Firstly, this conversation has to be led by Muslim women because I think it directly impacts them. So the conversation, at least on some personal laws... It also directly involves Muslim men. Why... Throw them out. What is this animosity with Muslim men? No, but I mean, men have an advantage of getting... Muslim, uh, men have do? an advantage of marrying more than once. No, women don't have it. So that is unjust. It is unequal. Have you have you heard from any Muslim woman ever saying that I want to marry more than one? Is this demand coming from Muslim women? Or is this demand but if it was allowed, maybe they'd want to. I mean, that is... See, but when, know, a, when, a discourse, when a discourse is being shaped... I think when a discourse is currently being shaped by Hindu men, I think it's a bit disingenuous to then say, well, we need to hear first from Muslim women and only then hear from Muslim men. Because currently, I think, I agree with you, in theory, in this perfect sort of world, that sort of hierarchy of Hmm. belief would work. But I would say right now, it makes absolutely no sense to say that because... For the full uncut podcast... Subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free. The best way to listen to the Hafta and indeed all our podcasts is through the News Laundry app. You can download the app by clicking on the links given in the show notes. So do download our app and get the best podcast experience. And also pay for news and support a new news media ecosystem that News Laundry is trying to encourage, where we are accountable to you because we run on contributions that you make. We don't take government ads, we don't take corporations ads, so that news serves the public. Because when the public pays, the public is served. Subscribe to News Laundry, click on the link in the show notes below and proudly say, I pay to keep news free.